You're listening to Gibraltar Stories, a podcast in which I hope to share some fascinating stories connected to Gibraltar. My name's Lindsay Weston. I've been living here in Gibraltar for almost 10 years, and during that time I've discovered more and more about this tiny and very special place. Its history, its people, famous visitors, and its role in important events on the world stage. For a steep limestone cliff with an area of just 6.8 square kilometres jutting out into the Strait of Gibraltar, it has a lot of stories to tell. This skull, Darwin held it in his hands and he he talked about the, the magnificent Gibraltar skull. And so it was almost complete, so it was almost giving people an idea of what these people were like and the, how different they were from us. The, the strategic position always matters in terms of how um, others view Gibraltar and the interest that can be gained out of control of, of, of the place. I say it's a microclimate within a microclimate. A microclimate is when you get small changes in a short space and you know Gibraltar itself we know is very different from like Spain it never gets quite as hot as nearby Spain or Morocco never gets quite as cold in the winter there's only been one time that there's ever been an air frost that's been recorded. I arrived here and I looked at uh, Marina Bay and I went ah now that's where my the, the, the murderous yacht is moored and that's where that so and so that flat over in Neptune house um, that's exactly and that's the wrong way and that's where the chase takes place so it's wonderful Hello and welcome to episode 7, or perhaps that should be episode 007 of the Gibraltar Stories podcast. I'm going all showbiz this week and taking you back in time to the 1980s, the time of big shoulder pads and even bigger hair. Back in 1987, the James Bond film The Living Daylights hit the cinemas. It was the first Bond film to feature Timothy Dalton in the lead role, and in its opening scenes, three 00 agents parachute onto the rock in a military exercise, which soon turns deadly. It features dramatic footage of an army jeep careering around the narrow roads of the upper rock, with James Bond clinging onto the roof before crashing through a wall and towards the sea below. It's on one of those narrow roads of the Upper Rock that I'm recording this now, along with visiting tourists on rock tours, taxis, apes and the many birds that make this beautiful spot their home. It's an awful lot calmer today than when the Hollywood stunt actors were crashing into cafe tables and military checkpoints. Someone who remembers the arrival of the James Bond film crew very well is local entrepreneur Odette Benatar. With her family's connection to the film industry through their cinema, she found work with the production crew and even got an on-screen role as a Bond girl. I went along to the offices of her events company to hear all about her experiences of the film. We were very closely um, working very closely with Ian Productions who who were responsible for for the filming. And because we had storage and because of our cinema links, we were asked to be their agents, like for the rushers, to take them, make sure they got to the UK every day and back the following day. We provided storage. Logistically, we helped. At the same time, we were organising the Mr. Water contest. We've done seven of those. And my father managed to um, get Ian Productions to agree 
that whoever won Miss Gibraltar would be able to take part in the movie. Um, and of course, I also wanted a, a part, so I sent some pictures through. And um, yeah, and that's how I got to, to have a part. As it was, the, the Miss World contest um, clashed with the date of the, of the filming. So before the contest, before the Miss Gibraltar, we had to ask the girls whether they would want the, the first, the Miss Gibraltar, to come to the film or to go to Miss World and the runner-up would do the other, and they decided that Mr. Bolter would go to Miss World. Maite Sanchez came first princess on that year, so she took part in the film, and the following year, she entered Mr. Bolter and won. So she did both. She, <laughs> she did both. She did all right then. She did very well. <laughs> so how long was the, did the filming take? Well, how long were the crew actually in Gibraltar for, roughly? Oh, I can't remember exactly how long they were here. They were here for quite a while because they did a lot of the stunt work and they did a lot of work at the top of the rock. Um, also, they had their production office here. So I remember once I finished filming because I was still involved with them, um, one of the tasks I had was to take the mail over. The mail that had arrived in Gibraltar, they had a mini private jet coming and going. So I had to take the mail over. There was still, um, there was still sort of production work going on in Gibraltar even after the filming. So they must have been here for quite a while. I can't remember exactly. There was a, a local team involved in the, in the production office. My cousin Monique was working there as well. And I think, if I, I, I stand to be corrected, but I think their office was based in the Elliots. So, yeah. It was, well, certainly looking back at the filming, it, yes. it was quite dramatic, really. But it was parachuting, cars yes. crashing, bombs going off, all yeah, sorts of things. It was it, full on. It was good because it was, it's, it's amazing how much time and money and effort they spend filming some stunts. I, I know that Eddie Kidd... The, the famous stuntman who did that famous Levi's advert. He was one of the stuntmen, and in the end, they never used any of his footage. And we were filming that footage, because I used to stay on or go with the production team, and, and I like to, you know, just hang about. And they took forever to maybe shoot one scene that was never used afterwards. But there was a lot of stuntmen, a lot of stunts going on, and it was good fun. It must have been really quite exciting, though, yes. that, you know, you're just going about your normal daily life in Gibraltar and there's a Hollywood film, yeah. film crew here. What was it like, you know, what did the, the community make of it all? Well, I think everybody was rather excited about the whole thing, obviously, especially because it was a Bond movie. Um, and you know what we're like in Gibraltar, we're very proud when, whenever our rock is used for anything. So everybody was very excited. I think everybody felt a little bit like a star you know, at the time. So it was great. It was it, it was a good atmosphere. The crew were around, obviously, and and it's great fun to be on the other side of the cameras. You know, when you're not you're watching a film, but when you when you're involved somehow in the background work, it gives a totally different out you know outlook to the movie. And it it was great. It was great meeting a very vibrant team, very young people, all excellent. And what about being a Bond girl yourself? I mean, that's something to have on your CV, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's funny because if you look up my name, it comes up as actress, which is rather funny. Um, 
we did a lot of filming. You don't really see me much in the movie. You see me on the, on the credits and in a, in a lot of newspapers and magazines. That, yes, that is true as well of the other Bond girls. There were, must have been 11 or 12 of us and you really don't get to see just a couple, you know, or a few. But um, it's funny because, I don't know, I just take it in my stride. I don't make much of it. But people, I'm in the entertainment world and a lot of the time when I've um, hired a band from abroad or something, you know, as we do, you check people up on the internet. So when they finally meet me, they say, are you the Ode Berata who's an actress who was a Bond girl? So well, it's me, but I'm not an actress. <laughs> I was just uh, maybe an aspiring little actress sometime. But um, yeah, it's it's good. It's fun. It's obviously something that not many people have, so... Definitely. Did it influence how you followed your career afterwards? Did it have an impact on your career? No, not really, because because I carry on being in the entertainment world, maybe in a different way, but um, I still attend premieres and <laughs> stuff like that, so there's still a little bit of a link there. Obviously, if I had gone into the acting world, <laughs> maybe it would have helped but not for what I do. It, it's I just have another experience under my belt and and a very enjoyable one at that. So, uh, Timothy Dalton, I've got to ask, what was it? What was it like being in the same shots as him? And well, he was side? great. He was really friendly and a very you know normal guy. Um, and then when we met again at the premiere and stuff, like, he was always very kind and very friendly. To be honest. Um, I think he left Gibraltar and everybody had uh, a bad impression of him um, because he was interviewed, I can't remember by who, on TV and he came across as being a bit rude. But then again, the interviewer asked him to explain what he had done. And a person with a CV like his, you know, you should do your homework first and not ask him to tell people. So he came across, he wasn't very liked in Gibraltar, but I have to vouch that he loved his time here and um, he was a very nice person. Now you mentioned that Gibraltarians are very proud of seeing their rock yes. uh, portrayed overseas and such like. What kind of an impact do you think having the, the film made, or well, certainly partly made here, has had on Gibraltar as far as tourism and, and its perception beyond these shores? Well, I think that it works. It's a great marketing um, product, really. Um, and proof of that is that we now have the Skywalk and we had uh, Luke Skywalker here to open that. So um, I think in some ways it's, you know, people who come and visit will relate. And maybe when they're up the rock, they will comment. I don't think it's something like will make people want to come here. But I certainly think that when they're here, they remember or they relate to the movie. Well, I have to say, before I came to speak to you, I did look back at the opening of the film and just seeing that jeep careering down those narrow roads that you know if I, ever I drive in the upper rock it's I crawl along because <laughs> you've got a sheer drop I at the know. side of you it's just mind-boggling how they managed to shoot it well you know in Gibraltar it's quite funny you should say that because um once I was already back in Gibraltar part of the uh, of the crew of the, of the actual acting crew and some of the stunt people came over and spe- and I had to entertain them for a while before they took the flight out for us, driving in Gibraltar, narrow lanes is is nothing. We do it all the time. And I remember reversing down some pits 
rather quickly and rather tightly. And one of the actual stuntmen commented, oh my God, how do you guys drive in Gibraltar? <laughs> so I said, well, this is nothing. We're used to this. So like, I'm sure if you went up the rock over the weekend, you'll see some of our locals speeding past and looking very much like that, that shot. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the, 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 the very the, end. The very yeah. end the that was a very tiny model that was actually stored in in our store in Bay, that we had in Bayside. Ah. So, yeah, very interesting. It's funny, though, to see it, knowing the Upper Rock and knowing the area, that clearly it, it's not kind of correct geographically, is it? They crash out of a wall and, and yeah. they're on the other side of the rock and, and it's all, all I know. mixed up. But so, it's, yeah. it is fascinating to see. It is. It's a, they did very good shots there and, and the parachuting as well was amazing. So what well, typical Bond, isn't it, all... Very exaggerated, very glam, and, and very yeah. what it was. So yeah. Yeah, I think glamour is is yes. the key, isn't yes. it, for James Bond? Yes, I think so. Um, I don't know that Timothy Dalton was the or is the favourite um, James Bond for many people. I thought he was great um, because the Bond movies have changed a bit <laughs> and then quite a lot from when they were you know so sexist and, and so on it still has a bit but it's not as bad as it used to be so a serious um, actor like Timothy Dalton didn't do too bad in my eyes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you still keep in touch with, with anybody that you're involved in the film with well Maite Sanchez is local so and of course we're friends um, I keep in touch with one of the of the Bond girls she lives in in, in the United States and um, she's not in the filming world, but we share a lot of similarities. She has girls, I have girls, and they're all very sporty, and it's so nice to keep in touch. I keep trying to find... There was one girl, Karen Williams, who was Australian, who is Australian, um, but I can't seem to find her, and it's a bit difficult to find her. But she was very close to us as well, and we had great fun. Oh, it's lovely that you've got good memories of your yes, experience. Yes, yes, it was. It's lovely. It's it's lovely because, as I say, I probably enjoyed more what went on behind the cameras because it was very interesting. Um, filming can be a bit tedious. Do it again and again and again. And I was running from one side of the pool to the other again and again. So I found the behind the cameras um, work very interesting and the people very interesting. So there you have it, the experiences of one of Gibraltar's own Bond girls, Odette Benatar. My thanks to her for sharing her memories with me. And I have to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened to the Gibraltar Stories podcast so far. There have been listeners in Gibraltar and the UK, but it's also been listened to in Belgium, Canada, Cyprus, France, Ireland, Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, Singapore, Spain, the United Arab Emirates and the USA. This little podcast, much like Gibraltar itself, seems to be reaching out way beyond these shores, thanks to the wonders of the internet. Thanks to all of you for your support and interest so far. You can subscribe to Gibraltar Stories on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. That means you won't miss out on any future episodes. And if you'd be kind enough to leave a review and rate the podcast, that means that more people will be able to find it in future. Sarah left a review on iTunes. She wrote, finally, a podcast series to tell all the stories that make Gibraltar the quirky tapestry of cultural mix that we are. Well, thanks so much for that, Sarah. I'm thrilled that you approve. 
I'll be back again next week with another Gibraltar story for you. Until then, bye for now and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.